Hi everyone, welcome back to the Understand the Bible podcast with me, Phil Saker. We're back in the Sermon on the Mount this week. We're thinking about Matthew chapter 6, about Jesus' famous teaching about do not worry. Maybe Jesus' most famous teaching. But what does it really mean and how can we live it out in our lives? That's what we're going to be thinking about today. Just to remind you again that there is more content available on the YouTube channel. Do have a look at that. Uh, We're still working our way through the Firm Foundations course. And we've been thinking this last week about finding joy as a Christian. So do have a look on on the YouTube channel for that. And if you'd like to support Understand the Bible, don't forget that there is a page below all about that as well. And if you do have a moment, maybe you could just leave a, a rating for the podcast in your podcast provider if you're, um, you can do that. Um, or leave a, a review as well if you have time. That would be really kind of you as that would help other people to find this podcast as well. Thanks so, thanks so much, everyone. God bless. And I will see you again soon. Hi everyone, welcome to the Understand the Bible sermon for the 9th of July 23. My name is Phil Saker. Today we're going to be looking at the Sermon on the Mount again. We're back in Matthew chapter 6 and uh, this is the second part of a two-part series really. Last week we started thinking about living the Christian life. We started thinking about how we actually live. And Jesus had been talking about how we we should kind of practice our religion, our devotion to God. Uh, Last week we were thinking about how we live. And then this week he's just kind of continuing thinking about how we live with God as our master. If you remember at the end of last week we were thinking, Jesus said, uh, you can't serve God and money. You know that it has to be one or the other. And that's what we're continuing on thinking about how that how our lives actually should look uh, with that as uh, with that with that um, with that view. If God is our master. Now, before we just uh, read our passage today, I just like to do something a bit different. I'd like to ask you to think of what makes you worry. What is it that makes you worry? What are you worrying about in your life at the moment? I'm sure most people would be able to at least come up with one or two things that they were worrying about. Now, what I'd like you to do is just take a moment, think about, have that thought, what it is that's worrying you in your mind, and then just have that in mind when I read this passage. Okay, so have you got something? I'm going to read the passage. Just have that in mind as, you're, as, as I read through. So this is Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. And uh, once again, I'll put the words up on the screen, uh, but follow along in your own Bible if you'd like to. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. 
But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Okay, well that's a a famous passage, uh, this one, a very famous passage, one of Jesus's most well-known teachings. But what does it mean? What's Jesus really saying? It's clearly all about worry. In fact, worry is mentioned uh, six times in this passage, at the beginning and at the end. And Jesus starts out with a summary. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Do not worry. That's the that is the, uh, the the summary statement. Do not worry. So that's that's the the main message. But we, we need to say a bit more than that. So I'll, I'll I'll carry on with the sermon. I do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. So he says, you know, don't worry about um, the things you eat or drink, or or your you know things that you wear, in the sense that. These are the things which people run after and, and worry about it. It's easy to become obsessed with with these things, isn't it? With worrying about whether the next meal's coming from, worrying about having enough money, worrying about what we're going to what we're going to wear, how we're going to keep warm, all of the, all of the practicalities of life. It's very easy to get bogged down in that, isn't it? And it was the case then. It's the same today. We can just become so caught up in the details about whether we'll have enough in life to get through. And Jesus says, don't worry about that. And if you think about it, worry, where does worry come from? Worry is about the future, isn't it? It's about worrying about the future, that things are uncertain, that we don't know what the future holds. That's where, where worry comes from. Uh, but Jesus says, don't worry. He says, life is, uh, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. So Jesus says that there's much more to life than food and drink and clothing. Now those are, yes, those things are, are necessary. They're important. But life is more, there are even more important things about life than food, drink and clothing and you know, all of the, the practicalities of life. Um, so then Jesus goes on to give two examples uh, of what he's talking about. So the first example he gives is about the birds. He says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And Jesus says, look up at the birds. You know, just look at them flying around. There isn't a plan to feed the birds. They don't, they don't you know, have um, food banks or they don't have supermarkets. They don't have anything. They just find food where they can. And some people put out bird feeders, but really there's, there's no grand plan to feed the birds. They just sort of feed themselves, don't they? But Jesus says, actually, your heavenly Father feeds them. He's the one who who feeds uh, the birds. And Jesus says that you, you and me, we're so much more precious than the birds. And he says, if the birds matter that much to God that he feeds them, how much more will he feed you? 
Now I think you know these days some of the the boundary lines between human beings and animals have kind of become blurred a bit in the sense that I think um, people don't see human beings as being special in the way that perhaps we would have done in, in previous generations. But at the same time, I still think we, we do get this, don't we? That can you imagine someone uh, you know, having a baby but neglecting the baby to feed their pet? You know, can you imagine if they didn't feed the baby because they, they were spending all of their money looking after the pet? Now, I think if that happened, the newspapers would be all over it, wouldn't they? You know, that how awful that someone would, uh, would feed their pet rather than feeding a baby. And that's kind of the image here that Jesus is, is going for. Just how ridiculous to think that God would feed the birds, but not feed us as well. And then he says, verse 27, Can any one of you by worrying add a, a single hour to your life? I like that. I think it's a, it's a good bit of common sense, really, to think about. Jesus says, worrying is not going to add anything to your life. In fact, all worrying does is compound whatever problem it is. Worrying does nothing. It doesn't add anything to your, you know, any hours to your life at all. Um, so then he, he gives on to the second example, which is about the flowers. And he says, you know, why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and is tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So Jesus says, look at all of the, the flowers, not, not even the flowers in someone's garden, but the flowers of the field, the flowers that grow wild. See how beautiful they are. We're, um, just as I'm recording this, we've, got, we've actually got some poppies out in our garden and um, I know that you see poppies out and about, sometimes in the gardens, sometimes just out and about in the fields. And whenever I see a poppy, I'm always struck by, you know, just how pretty they are. That They're not hard to grow, are they, poppies? They just kind of pop up and, and spring up all over the place. But they add so much beauty and, and colour into, into the world, don't they? They're such pretty flowers, I think. And, and that's kind of what Jesus is saying, is look at how beautiful even the, the flowers are that just grow uh, and, and they're just cut down. You know, the ones which, um, you know, that no one has cultivated, but they just grow. And he said, not even Solomon was dressed like one of these in, in, that, in, the, in its beauty. And if God cares that much about the flowers, again, how much more would he care about you or does he care about you? And he says, um, you of little faith. And I think that's the key to what Jesus is saying here. That when we, when we worry, we are acting as if we don't have a good heavenly father. And I, I don't think he means just worrying about, you know, the practicalities of life. But, but whatever we worry about, it is acting as if we don't have a good heavenly father. Now, because we do have a father in heaven, as we've been seeing all the way through, who loves us, who hears our prayers, who is concerned for us. And even when bad things happen, he is still there. He is still working for our good, for, for what is best for us. 
And when we don't, when we worry, we are acting as if he's not like that. Can you imagine a child, someone who's, um, you know, still dependent on their parents for, for food and for clothing, saying to their mum and dad, sorry, mum and dad, I'm, I've got to drop out of school because I've got to go and get a job because I, I don't trust you to provide for me. Now, I don't trust you to put food on the table. I don't trust you to buy me clothes. I'm going to have to go out and work and earn my own living because I, I don't trust you. Now, can you imagine such a thing happening? No, it would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? But that's like, that's what Jesus is saying we are like when we, uh, when we worry and when we distrust God. You know, that worry and a lack of faith go together. So what should we do instead? Well, this is what Jesus moves on to in the, the last part. He says this. Um, do not worry, um, saying, what shall we eat or drink or, or wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. And Jesus says, don't be consumed by the, the everyday practicalities and necessities of life. Don't be consumed and, and buy into to all of that that worry because he says your heavenly father knows what you need in fact if you remember back when we were looking at prayer a few weeks ago jesus says um, your father knows what you need before you ask him before you ask him god knows what you need you don't have to worry and think oh god doesn't know or god doesn't care he's a good father he knows what we need even before we ask him. That is the extent of our Father's care. And then Jesus says, uh, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So what we need to do is to seek first what God wants from us. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. You know, to, to, to see his will done on earth and in our lives. Seek first to do what he wants us to do and to live in the way that he wants. And then God will provide. God will provide the practicalities. And that's, um, that's something which is a very difficult lesson to learn. Some people uh, manage this in an, in an extraordinary way. Uh, a few uh, months ago, I read a John Kirkby's book, John Kirkby started up the organisation CAP, uh, Christians Against Poverty. They're a sort of debt counselling, Christian debt counselling um, organisation. They aim to get people out of debt. And um, uh, he started it back, I think, in the mid to late 1990s. And he wrote this book called Nevertheless about the story of how CAP started. And it's really quite extraordinary. But I, I was just struck by his faith that you know, he would... Sometimes, if he believed it was the right thing, he would hire someone knowing that he didn't have enough money to pay them at the end of the month, but just trusting that the money would come in. And the amazing thing is that the money did come in, you know, in those early days, that there were times when he had to delay paying people for a, for a few days, but the money did come in. And that's extraordinary, I think, that, that the faith that he displayed, you know, in doing what he believed God wanted him to do and trusting that God would provide. 
And it's an extraordinary book to read if you want, uh, nevertheless, by John Kirkby. But I think that, uh, you know, God doesn't call us to start organisations like that. Uh, you know, I think not many of us perhaps are called to display that quite that level of, of faith. But nonetheless, that is what we are, what God asks of us, just to not worry about the details of our lives, but to trust that God would provide what we need and that God would, would work things out is to, to have faith and trust in him. So in this, this final verse, verse 34, Jesus gives again his summary of what he's been saying. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So just in case you missed it, Jesus says again, do not worry. Repeating it again, like I said, many times, in just six times in these short few verses. Do not worry. And he says, each day has enough trouble of its own. Again, I think a little bit of common sense wisdom. But, you know, just a reminder that trouble is part and parcel of living in the world. You know, we all face trouble day by day. Worrying about it will not help. Worrying about it will not help the trouble. It won't add an hour to our lives. It won't make the trouble go away. Um, it will actually only compound things. That's the thing with worry. It just makes it worse. So just as we come to the uh, the conclusion here, let's just, I hope that there have been a few things here which you can take away uh, with you. But let me go through and draw out a few lessons, I hope, for us kind of in, in summary that we can remember and take away with us for this coming week. So the first thing to say is that Jesus does not mean for us to be lazy. This is not an excuse for laziness. Now, Jesus doesn't say, just sit down on the sofa, you know, just have a, have a nice relaxing time and everything you need will be brought to your doorstep. Now, that's, that's not how it is at all. And actually, we talked about this last week. So if you missed that, uh, do go back and look at the sermon uh, for last week. It's also available on YouTube. And that uh, you can see about what that means about, about working uh, and how important that is. So Jesus doesn't mean to be lazy. You know, he, working is part and parcel of how God uh, provides for us. Um, Jesus also doesn't mean that we'll never have trouble. Like we were thinking about that trouble is part and parcel of what, what goes on in the world. It's not that we don't have trouble, but it changes how we think about it. So Jesus says, for example, in John chapter 16, verse 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. That's what Jesus says. Not that we'll never have trouble as Christians, but that Jesus has overcome the world. And so we don't need to fear. We don't need to worry. At the end of the day, the key thing that we need to, to remember, the key point, the key question that we need to ask ourselves is this. Do we live as if we have a good and generous Heavenly Father? At the end of the day, that's the only thing that we need to, to think about. Are we living as if we have 
a good and generous Heavenly Father. So what does that mean? What does that look like? Do we take our needs and our wants to him day by day? As we were looking at in the Lord's Prayer a few weeks ago, you know, we, we ask God, give us today our daily bread. You know, we pray for the things that we need. We ask for the things that we want. And we trust that God would give those things that are right um, and that are necessary. Um, so, you know, we just we pray to him. That's part and parcel of how we treat him as a good father. Um, do we take our anxieties to him as well? Do we take our anxiety to him? This is what it says in um, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, which is a lovely verse, um, a, a real memory verse, this one. Uh, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. That's, that's what Peter says that we should do that God cares for us, so we should pray in and take all of our anxieties to him. And Paul says something very similar in the, the book of Philippians, uh, chapter 4, verse 6, another very famous verse, uh, this one. But Paul says, uh, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Don't be anxious, but with thanksgiving, pray and, and present your request to God. Don't be anxious, but come to God. So we should take, we should take every anxiety to him. And that's what we need to do. That's what we, uh, is the result of, of what Jesus is saying here. We should take our every worry, our every anxiety to God. As someone once said, if you know how to worry, you know how to pray. Uh, I thought that was a really helpful thing. I, I found that really helpful in my own prayer life, that if I am worried about something and if something just kind of strikes me with worry, then what I try to do now is kind of have the reflex, reflex action where I just pray about it and where I just take it to God. And I say to him, Lord, I'm worried about this. Please help me, please. You know, and I pray for whatever it is that I, I'm worried about. But, you know, pray when you're worried and that will actually turn worry into a productive thing and, and, a, and a helpful thing because it will develop your prayer life and your relationship with God. And, you know, we need to, to seek first God's kingdom and, and his righteousness. We need to go where he leads and trust that he will provide whatever we need. There's a lovely line in, um, there's a hymn, In Heavenly Love Abiding, which um, the line is, um, Wherever he shall guide me, no want shall hold me back. My shepherd is beside me and nothing can I lack. That wherever God guides us, we'll lack nothing because he is the one leading us and he will provide what we need on the journey. And we can, we can trust him to provide. So we need to follow where God leads. We need to submit ourselves to him and seek him. And then we can trust him for all of the rest. We can trust him to take care of everything. One of the, um, the helpful things that I heard, and just, um, just as we come to a close, one of the most helpful things that I heard about, uh, about worry 
just as I was reading up about this is um, someone said fears may be liars. Maybe you've had that. Um, maybe you've had that. Uh, you've heard that expression as well. Fears may be liars. And I thought that's a really helpful thing in dealing with worry because as a, a Christian, I believe that is absolutely true, that when we trust in God, that we know that fears, not, not just that fears may be liars, but that every single fear at the end of the day is a liar. This is what it says in Psalm 34 verse 4. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. I love that, that verse. He delivered me from all my fears. That at the end of the day, for Christians, we don't need to worry because worry is about fear. And for Christians, every fear is a liar. We don't have to worry because we can trust in God. The way we need to live is to remember that God is our Heavenly Father. And I'm going to just read you, um, i finish by reading the, the, um, from the Heidelberg Catechism, which talks about God as our Heavenly Father. And this is one of my favourite questions and answers from um, the Heidelberg Catechism. I think it's so, so beautiful and it puts it so well. So let's just read this to finish with and take a moment to think, what would life be like if we lived as if this was really true? Now that's the question to finish with. What would life be like if we lived as if this was really true? What do you believe when you say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth? Answer, that the eternal Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who out of nothing created heaven and earth and everything in them, who still upholds and rules them by his eternal counsel and providence, is my God and Father, because of Christ his Son. I trust him so much that I do not doubt he will provide whatever I need for body and soul, and he will turn to my good whatever adversity he sends me in this sad world. He is able to do this because he is Almighty God. He desires to do this because he is a faithful Father. Our Heavenly Father, in heaven. He is almighty God. He is a faithful father. He is good. Let's trust in him this week. Let's take a moment to pray as we close. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are almighty God, as well as a good and faithful father. And we pray that you would help us this week. We are sorry so many times that we do worry, that we don't live as if you were Almighty God and, and the Heavenly Father. And we are sorry for those times, Lord, and we pray that you would help us to trust you. Give us that faith to trust you day by day, that you would provide for us, that you would turn everything, um, every trouble to good, and that you would deliver us from all our fears. Help us to trust you and be with us in this coming week, we pray. Help us to grow in faith. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.